This week on the Cynical Optimists. Lots of film trailers. Lots of game trailers in the Nintendo Direct. And lots more film trailers from the big game. Welcome to the Cynical Optimist podcast, the result of years of ignoring focus groups. I'm Phil. And I'm Nick. And this is the podcast where we review the film, TV, and gaming news of the fortnight. And then in the second half, we look at a recent topic in the popular culture. This could be a review, a discussion, or even pitching our own ideas. This week, we were planning on talking about the Uncharted movie, but it's so middle of the road, bang on average that the entire discussion <laughs> section just consists of this sentence. Instead, we'll be covering all the trailers from the Super Bowl and none of the American football of the Super Bowl. I don't even know which teams played. <laughs> I just know there were some trailers in the ads. But, but first, it was the big game! <laughs> first, how are you, Nick? Did you watch the Super Bowl? No, of course I didn't. <laughs> I watched all the trailers after on YouTube, like everyone else. No, I no. If I, I know some people did enjoy, did did watch it and enjoy it, and to which I say good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's one of those things. Like when it was on like a Sunday night, wasn't it? So I mean, if if I knew a pub that was showing it or something, I might have gone down. If I had if I had a friend that was into it, I might yeah. have got involved, and I pro- probably would have enjoyed it. But I didn't have any of that. It's a big commitment to be a UK-American football fan because of the time differences. Like, I had friends who used to be up until, like, 2, 3 in the morning because, you know, just to watch, like, the games on. I I much prefer being a UK rugby fan because I live about 500 metres from a stadium, so it's a lot more convenient (laughs) for me. (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I'm not really... I don't watch many sports. I, like, every, every once in a while, if I'm back at my parents, I will tune into the F1, but that is that is the extent of my... Again, if I had if I had friends if if, if I had friends if, Phil, had friends, if I had friends, I would you know, I, I would watch sports. <laughs> <laughs> I um, but no, I did, I wanted to see Uncharted as well. That was going to be the uh, the discussion. I know you say it's this, that, and the other, but like I I know I was kind of looking forward to a nothing film. Yeah, but I, th- I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, didn't I? I was I, I was looking forward to seeing an absolutely nothing film that's neither intellectual nor tied up in. Hundred thousand different films within the same franchise. It's do you, just do like, you think you're going to see it at all? Uh, I might on Now TV in like four months. So, so do you mind me saying that it's such a nothing film that there is a bit where the main character's brother is presumed dead, and the villain is pointing a gun at him and going, "Say hello to your brother for me," and he goes, "You first and then kicks her legs out. That is how cliche this film was. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I am. Wow. Yeah. So you didn't miss much. No. I've forgotten half of what's happened already, and I saw it on Wednesday. But I um no, I didn't get time this week. Yeah, it was a busy week, and I saw I saw Book of Mormon. Yes. Yeah. You. you well, you you text me that you really yeah. enjoyed it, did you? Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I hadn't seen it before. Uh, my partner had, and like mentioned, there was a couple of changes just to sort of clean it up slightly. But yeah, no, it's um. It was it was very funny and uh, yeah it's it's worth a watch if it's if it ever comes comes to you if you're listening um, yeah I really yeah, enjoyed it good. I saw it uh, God 
eight years ago now, but it was, <laughs> yeah, when it was in London. Yeah, wow. I'd definitely see it again, but I just didn't get my act together enough to see it whilst it was in the place where you saw it. Nice, keeping it, yeah. keeping it nondescript. Keeping that. <laughs> it's not. That's not even. That's not even my hometown. That's just like within a thirty-mile <laughs> radius. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> and if people really wanted to find out, they could look at the date of which this podcast went out and, and tracked it. Oh, but now they know I'm within a thirty-mile radius of it. Ah! Yeah, we're going to have to cut all of this. <laughs> Somebody's uh, like their their map of the UK of all these pins on it of places yeah. they've referenced. <laughs> yeah. Slowly getting yeah. closer to where we might live. Triangulating the <laughs> the signal. Oh, I love it. Start of some sad news because Ivan Reitman died in in the uh, in the week just gone. Um, mm. This was a shame. He's he's done some really good stuff. Like I I was never huge on the Ghostbusters films, but he did the first two where they still had a bit of their integrity. <laughs> he did Twins, which I very much enjoy. He did Kindergarten Cop, which I very much enjoyed. Also directed Space Jam, which I didn't realize. Um, yeah, I saw that. That's very sad news. Yeah, that that is bad. Um, yeah, only 75 as well, which, again, just doesn't seem old enough, does it? No. Bless him, so. Thoughts of ours go out to his friends and family, and just fans, anyone, anyone yeah. that sort of respects him as, as a as a contributor, as a filmmaker, and, yeah, it's 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 really sad. Always sad when we lose someone in the industry. Yeah, especially someone with such a track record of so many... So many good and creative movies over the years as well. Yeah, totally. And like, yeah, no, no matter what I think of those first Ghostbusters as well, like they, um, they very much set a standard for the kind of like nudge, nudge, wink, wink kind of like films we see today. And, and like, yeah, certainly a lot of the tone of like Marvel and Star Wars and a lot of things you see at the moment. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. We like levity in our films and yeah, he was, he was a strong advocate for that. So yeah. Rest in peace, and our thoughts go out to all affected. Uh, right, Phil, do you want some more Star Wars? Yeah, let's, let's go on. To, I've just finished my last Star Wars. I'm ready for my next course of Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know if I am. This is getting a bit too regular. Because um, we, we just briefly spoke about Book of Boba Fett just prior to recording. Um, we spoke about episodes one through six last time, because uh, yeah. episode seven hadn't come out yet. We didn't like episode seven, I think, is the... Yeah, it was it was it was fine based on what had come before it, but what became before it didn't really set up a very good finale. Any like, you knew what was going to happen because the show hadn't set up very much, so therefore there wasn't really much to pay off. <laughs> yeah, so you just kind of and, yeah. And just in case you didn't re- manage to follow it for those first first six weeks, like they had a little previously bit where they showed everything that was going to pay off anyway, so. Not, not to be harsh, but could you have just watched the, the finale of Book of Boba Fett and got the entire series worth of content? <laughs> yes, easily. Yeah. Um, so in, in but... future rewatches, you could just watch that one episode. The previously on gives you everything you need. Yeah, I would have just watched the two Mandalorian episodes, honestly. Have we, are we getting too much Star Wars? I feel like we're getting too much Star Wars. Mate, well, yeah, that's the thing, because the, the, the content machine is not even in full swing yet, is it, really? Wait until no, we yeah. have Obi Wan, and then it'll be Andor, and then it'll be whatever the fuck, and then it'll be maybe the movies might get unfrozen at some point. <laughs> oh god, I'd love to see some more movies. You know, I was I watched the two Jurassic World films recently, and like, what a consistent 
franchise that is and it still feels special both those both those modern movies as well and we'll talk about the, the trailer for the third one a bit later on but man they still just have and they do stuff that's interesting in the films as well like in Fallen Kingdom you get the first half which is like this siege and then you get this sort of like Home Alone-esque kind of thing going on as well in the second half and it's just like they have fun with the genre whereas mm. Book of Boba is kind of the antithesis of that in that you've just got an absolute formulaic like derivative of another show and it's just we don't want to see that but let's move on because uh, Obi-Wan got a poster uh, this is from a different creative team for the most part mm. uh, De- Deborah Chow's running this um, as opposed to uh Filoni and Favreau. I mean, um, this poster just got me so excited to get back to Tatooine. You know, what's been going on there? We don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen Tatooine since last week. Yeah. Do you remember when um, Rise of Skywalker came out and there was a big hype around? I think it was like Kevin Smith and his because they're friends with JJ Abrams. And there was a big hype around like you won't believe what the final shot of the Rise of Skywalker is, and it's just like it's Tatooine. <laughs> we like, see that'd it, be like... like your top five guesses. Of yeah. what the final shot would be. Yeah. And also we saw it in the Mandalorian season one, like a couple of weeks prior or whatever. Yeah, also some exciting stuff. I mean there's nothing to say about this poster. He might be he might be holding Anakin's lightsaber, maybe. It doesn't really look like his, but there's twin sons, it's tattooing, he's got a beard, he's got a mullet. Uh it, it's it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. What, what, what do you want to know? Yeah. Believe it or not, he is where the films left him. Yes, yes. Last. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's amazing, I know, but that's that's what we're getting. But what is exciting is uh, apparently John Williams has composed a theme for this, so that would be nice to hear a bit bit of the OG coming yeah. back. Because uh, I think there was, yeah, I think uh, Ludwig Granson doing both Boba Fett and Mandalorian, it kind of, other than the main sort of titular themes... I think it felt a little bit repetitive of, of what we got in Mandalorian. So I'm excited to hear some new things. And in other musical news as well, Andor will, has reportedly got uh, uh, Nicholas Bratel uh, right, as its yeah. composer, who has done Moonlight, uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. I think he does the Succession soundtrack for HBO. He's very good, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, there's some, there's some cool stuff coming up, and hopefully... It, it, it's it's different to, to what we got at the Book of Boba Fett because I, I heard I can't remember if it was you that said that Book of Boba Fett essentially had the um, on its like production name yeah it was, it was kind of under the same code or whatever as Mandalorian yeah because we, we talked we went into, a little bit into the production of it all last week when we did kind of our episodes one to six review I think that's it is it's not only it's not it might not be that we're getting too much Star Wars. It's just the Star Wars very. We're not getting very much varied Star Wars right now. Yeah. Because Book of Boba Fett was kind of introduced as like this spin-off new thing, but in reality, I still think maybe it should have been like a subtitle. Like it should have been The Mandalorian colon The Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, something totally. like that because I I don't know. We 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 won't spend another whole episode talking about it. It just it it just ultimately ended up being like fan fiction that was then edited by a different fan to include more fan fiction <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah. Um, well yeah you're probably right and we shouldn't spend all episodes on it but well anyway if you had any uh, any thoughts about getting too much Star Wars how would you like another Star Wars that isn't Star Wars <laughs> Ooh, you're got, you've, you've got me interested you said Star Wars a lot of times in that sentence 
This is Zack Snyder's Star Wars, because basically he pitched a Star Wars and they said, no, you can't do a Star Wars because you're Zack Snyder and we're Star Wars. So he said, fine, I'll do my own Star Wars for Netflix. Uh, and he's going to. And Netflix got... Star Wars by Zack Snyder. <laughs> it's called what Rebel. It's called Rebel Moon, which is one of the most. That's a, that's a great Star Wars name, isn't it? That is a great Star Wars name. To be quite, to be quite honest, uh, the concept art does not have me thrilled. Because, oh right, okay. Uh, it looks like Zack Snyder make, trying to make Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I I don't want to say I'm excited. But I kind of <laughs> because you know, like it's it like I I think this is kind of what Star Wars is missing. As you, you joked earlier about Tatooine, but like it doesn't seem like there's a lot of imagination to spare in Star Wars at the moment. So the fact that we're getting like these different landscapes and different characters and stuff, like I kind of want them to. I kind of wish they did give Snyder a Star Wars. But the, I don't know. I still don't. I still don't entirely highly rate him as I respect what he does and I respect the kind of movies that he wants to make I've just never really gelled with them no no neither have I it's way too the thing is like it's part of part of Star Wars is it's kind of very rich with metaphors and things like that and Zack Snyder's just not he just you know he only knows a handful of metaphors and he just keeps doing them <laughs> like there'll be one character in Rebel Moon who is Jesus analogue <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there'll be a slow mo shot to convey heavy distress. If you what, if you look at the promo art that's come out as well, the concept art, you'll see that like he wasn't content with like the 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 Nazi symbolism that was already prevalent in Star Wars, so he literally just gave the baddies Nazi outfits. That's the thing. He he looked at Star Wars and was like, you know what, this this is too subtle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So he um, went and designed those outfits. That's what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. No, I totally, I totally agree <laughs> with you. But you know what? I, I just don't think Star Wars knows what it is at the moment because it's trying to, it's trying to be art house. It's trying to like get different voices in. But then every time it gets a new voice in, they panic and think, no, we're not, we're not, we're not art house. We're not indie. We're Marvel. We're going to do what Marvel are doing. We're just going to make the same thing over again. The, the problem is, it wants to appear as art house. But when push comes to shove, uh, the marketing and the overall product always comes first. Yes. Which is why they always like bow down to what the the fans want, or they end up know, putting yeah. in egregious fan service because the fans are going to then go out and buy the merch that comes out for the show. And they're they're so worried about their property. Yeah. It, it, like. But it doesn't matter. Just give different voices different opportunities because, like, this is what happened with Solo. They almost... They were that close. 75% of the film was shot by Lord and Miller and it would have been incredible because they've never done a bad thing, in my opinion. But they just bolted at the last second and said, like, no, you know what? This is too out there. We need Ron Howard to come and just bland this up a bit because we're too worried. And honestly... If if giving it to Snyder meant something a little bit more interesting than just like Mando spin off one, Mando spin off two, Mando spin off three, then I would I prefer that. Yeah, uh, if it did something a bit different to literally kind of how they set up the MCU by getting John Favreau to do two of something <laughs> and then the second yeah. one shoving in a lot of world building and extra characters, even yeah. at the detriment of that product. 
Yeah, exactly. I don't want every fucking franchise to be Marvel. I love Marvel, but I don't want every franchise to be it. I think the phrase I come back to is how Edgar Wright uh, talked about it after, obviously, uh, he left the production of Ant-Man. And he said he wanted to make a Marvel movie, but Marvel didn't want to make an Edgar Wright movie. But yeah, that's, that's spot on. Yeah, and I think that goes for Star Wars as well now. But that's fine. Marvel... That was their plan from the beginning. Like they, they, they purposely avoid too many risks. I think they've been getting better recently with the Disney Plus stuff. But like, generally, they avoid gratuitous risks in order to just get it off the ground and, and set up this really consistent franchise. Now they're going a bit more out there with multiverses and folding in the Raimi films and then the animations and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they they've earned that. But mm. they they started with a very specific vision and. They couldn't stray too far from that. Whereas Star Wars, it's just like I like I miss the days where you didn't know what you were gonna get. <laughs> yeah, no, might be a, might be an unfair comparison on some levels, but it kind of at times Star Wars kind of makes me feel like it's trying to be Marvel, but instead of Kevin Feige, you've got a magic eight ball telling you what to do. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, maybe it's just maybe it's just how good Feige is as a producer really that no one's been able to recreate quite the same thing as Marvel yeah. not even other people within Disney apparently yeah, yeah. oh yeah Feige is, is definitely a force to be reckoned with anyway should we move on from Star Wars um, I've got a few headlines just to sort of bounce through because I don't think we have much to say about this um, there's a Coyote versus Acme film coming out from the, the Warner Brothers Looney Tunes franchise with uh, uh, John Cena said to star James Gunn will produce yeah I saw this I was very confused by it I suppose it's, it's just a, it, mo- a movie about Wiley e. Coyote suing Acme for years of bad products isn't it I think so yeah and it's going to be again another blend of like live action CG you know what it, it could be a fun thing but I mean it might be on your maybe on your headlines but what well, you see that Rescue Rangers trailer or whatever Chip and Dale Oh yes, out. I did. Yeah, with the is, who is it? It's uh, not Ben Schwartz. It's um, <laughs> John Mulaney. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, that looks fun. Um, it looks fun, but again, it's another one of the. You know, someone pointed out that we've got Space Jam two and this and Wreck It Ralph two, and Lego Movie. We're well, already started with the original Lego Movie. It's now very much every animated film is about how meta it is that they're animated <laughs> films. Yeah. It's like it's again, it goes back to wanting to see Uncharted. I just want a just want a film that's not trying to just be essentially yeah. a very thin frame over look at all this IP we own. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, also can we just stop casting wrestlers in every fucking film, please? I know, I like John Cena. Ah, oh, he's, he's fine. Like, he's one of those... Like, uh, what? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's one of those, like, wrestlers that clearly has become quite a good actor over the years. I I've, I've, I think I've just sort of reached a bit of a boiling point with them. I feel like Dwayne, it's diminishing returns with Dwayne The Rock Johnson now for me. Um, but yeah, John Cena seems to... Yeah, he's, he's hitting his stride. Apparently Peacemaker's really good. I I've heard seen that it. as well. I haven't seen any of it because it's impossible. HBO Max. Yeah. <laughs> But also, do you remember there was that weird? Do you remember that weird China thing with John Cena? Which one was that? Do you a couple of months ago, he like um, oh, I I can't remember the full extent of it. He basically sort of very much bowed to the pressure of the Chinese government for when promoting Fast and Furious, a billion or whatever one it was. 
Either way, I'm I'm sure everyone in Hollywood has got their, their skeletons in their closet. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but also yeah, I don't want to see every film have a wrestler in it. Maybe maybe just not all of them. We're getting towards like the the film singularity. Like <laughs> it will have one wrestler in it. It will be a blend of live action and animation. <laughs> it will reference all the IPs that every production studio owns. <laughs> it'll be part it'll be meant to set up a multiverse that goes nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And this will yeah, be wrong. the only film that gets released and it'll get released by every studio in turn every year. <laughs> uh, Alright, that was supposed to be a headline. Moving on to the next headline. Uh, apparently the Star Trek films are coming back. The ones from a few years ago with uh, Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, uh, yes. Carl Urban. That lot. I didn't see the last one. The, I just saw the other two. The third one was, in my opinion, the best one of the three. Really? I I d- then I didn't like Into Darkness at all. I don't remember Into Darkness. I remember quite enjoying the first one. The first one is pretty... It's fine. Like, <laughs> okay. Going back to it, it's a pretty decent movie. Into Darkness, didn't particularly like, but I've only ever seen it the once. The third one I thought was pretty fun because it was written by Simon Pegg. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, cool. It is yeah. a little bit Star Trek fan fiction, though, but it I, like, I enjoyed it, and I'm not really a big Star Trek fan. I need to uh, catch that if it's on any streaming then, because, yeah. I mean, I it always motivates me to go back and watch the originals when, 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 when there's another one announced. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, next up, uh, Oppenheimer, the next Christopher Nolan film, has 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 got everyone. It's got everyone in it, Phil. Are you in yeah. it? Um, well, <laughs> I'm not allowed to say. I've got to do the Andrew Garfield thing and being like, oh, no, right, yeah. no, I'm not in it. I'm not in it. I'm not the werewolf, guys. I can't <laughs> say it anymore. I'm not the werewolf. Uh, no, we've got Florence Pugh, Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Rami Malek, Josh Hartnett, Benny Safdie, Dane DeHaan. Uh, Matthew Modine and now Jack Quaid as well. That's a everyone. Of, a lot of star power in that. That's everyone in Hollywood. They're all there. Yeah, that means it's just going to make all the money though, doesn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm excited for this though. Um, should be good. Uh, right, A24 news because occasionally I like to just scatter a bit of a bit of bloody civilized film news into this. Yes, yes, most, quite. Most, Hold on, let me grab this... my pipe so I can fully appreciate <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> I, will, I will, I will, write this in my my quill and 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 wax it and send it to you in the post, Philip. <laughs> Thank you, Nicholas. Uh, that's quite all right. No, uh, we got a new trailer for the a new thriller by Alex Garland called Men, and it stars Jesse Buckley, who is incredible. Um, and I love Alex Garland as well. He's he's done. Uh, Ex Machina. He did. Uh, what's the one with uh, Natalie Portman? She's in the woods and everything's a bear or something. Pretty sure he wrote Sunshine or directed Sunshine. He's done a lot anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's very good, and Jesse Buckley's very good as well. I just saw her in The Lost Daughter a couple of weeks ago. So this is exciting. I, this, this is what happens when we sort of just talk about like a thing that isn't an established property we've got nothing to <laughs> yeah no just um, it just yeah it sounds promising that's you know there's not really much more speculation you can do about that no exactly uh the trailer's very like um subtle as well it doesn't really tell you a lot so no i'm super excited it's a new film phil <laughs> yeah that sounds pretty good i like we films don't, we don't get many of them but it's a new film yeah 
and you're saying it's not a sequel to anything. It's not. Not as far as I franchise. know. Just, oh Maybe. my god. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna bomb. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you like then a new animated Lord of the Rings film? Yeah, if I have to. Yeah. Well, you can have one. It's called War of the Rohirrim. Ro- Rohirrim. War of the Rohirrim. Are they the people That's of Rohan? That's a long Rohan? title. Are they the people of Rohan? Because I thought they were just called the people of Rohan. I don't know. Neither do I, but look forward to that. Uh, and then we've also got a trailer for Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, which I'm pretty sure we've spoken about when it was first announced. Uh, that was Austin Butler playing him uh, a little while ago. Uh, Tom Hanks is playing like his general slash manager person who looks to be the sort of antagonist to this film. Uh, I don't know much about the story, but I like the look of this. Did you see it? Uh, I saw all I saw was the poster because uh, this is like the latest one that's trying to recreate. Basically, what was was there one before Bohemian Rhapsody, or did these all kick off with Bohemian Rhapsody? Because obviously there was the Elton one. That was Rocket Man. That was after Bohemian Rhapsody. And then there was the unlicensed David Bowie one, which got absolutely panned. Starman. And then um, there's this one. And there was a couple of others in between as well. I'm pretty sure there was a Whitney Houston one. And uh, either way, there's a lot of these. Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering where it was just a recent trend. But no, the thing that the only reason I saw the um the the poster actually was because someone had shared it on Twitter, pointing out that the director's name appears on the poster four times. <laughs> it, I mean it, he's a big director <laughs> it appears underwritten by twice because... oh there was Aretha Franklin yes I, saw I actually I remember seeing the posters for that that was really good that was called Respect um, yeah that was that was probably my favourite of, of those of all of those millions of them yeah yeah because he supposedly well I guess and he, he wrote it with a different writing partner each time so it's like his name and da 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 and then it's and his name again <laughs> and da, da, da. <laughs> just because I guess the way obviously you do the credits is if you work together you write and isn't it but then if you're working separately it's an ampersand ah okay <laughs> or at least that's how I understand it to be with like written movies like that's why I will say like such and such and such and such and then an ampersand and then someone else's name I always think it's like a contract negotiation thing I think they'll squabble over who gets the and and the withs yeah no, I think that's with casting, though, as well. Because I know it's a big contract negotiation thing, like, what order the names are in, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that as well. I don't know. Just lots of ands and ampersands and withs and buts and ifs. <laughs> there are a lot of buts in this. A lot of wiggling, dancing Elvis butts. Um, yeah. He looks good, though, Austin Austin Butler. He looks like he's nailed... They, they've done a good job of the makeup in this. Like, he looks like the young Elvis, and then when they do the older scenes, he looks like the older Elvis. That's, I think pre- that's pretty good. That sounds that, accurate. That is pretty good. <laughs> but it's impressive, because, like, it doesn't even look... It, it looks like it's mostly just hair and makeup. It doesn't look like much else. But, yeah, no, I'm I'm super impressed with, with how it looks. And, yeah, he's got that charm as well. I'm looking forward to this. It should be good. Cool. Uh, and then the last trailer that isn't part of the Super Bowl... I think <laughs> this came on February tenth. Is Jurassic World Dominion, uh, and I was just saying earlier how I love this franchise, but yeah, this this looks like a good good way to end it because the dinosaurs are out in the wait. You know the plot of this, right? I've I seen the be... trailer. You still haven't seen Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, right? I haven't, but I've seen the trailer for this. So, so you so you know there's dinos out and about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I guess right. that from the trailer. <laughs> you need it. to see Fallen Kingdom, man. It's I a do. Good film. I don't, what's it on? Nothing. I had to buy it. <laughs> so that's the problem. Well, I'll be in your vicinity at some yeah. point over the next year to five years. Exactly. So I, we'll have to see it together. Yes. Um, I did only just watch it, but I'll watch it again because I love it. I'm probably the only one who loves it, but I love it. Uh, yeah, this new one looks good, and they bring back the uh, the OG cast as well with Alan Grant and yeah, you got Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum. They're all mm. back. This looks really fun. Yeah, I'm got anything else to say? There's there's feathery dinosaurs, which are accurate apparently. It looks like it's shot on film again because the second one wasn't for some reason. There's loads of dinosaurs, Phil. Dinosaurs are cool. They are cool. Yeah. I still really enjoy the concept of dinosaurs. Maybe it's because we haven't had like a billion spin-offs of it but that's true yeah i still enjoy this franchise that's it for the trailers uh and we also got the oscar noms coming out as well and it's kind of the usual suspects um we didn't talk about this last time did we no we talked about the baftas last time ah, okay yeah it's close enough same same pretty much same pretty same people <laughs> they're all actors <laughs> once again no non-actors have been uh nominated in any of the acting categories you and i are not on this list despite the fact that we've been cast in oppenheimer with christopher nolan but we can't sh- we're not supposed to be oh, talking about that yet sorry <laughs> uh i've seen a few more of these now though uh but i'll just i'll just quickly bounce through these very quickly actor in a leading role javier bardem being the ricardos benedict cumberbatch power of the dog andrew garfield tick tick boom will smith king richard denzel washington the tragedy of Macbeth. actor in a supporting role kieran hines belfast was really good in that troy kotzer in coda jesse plemons power of the dog wasn't in it that much but i love jesse plemons but this maybe isn't the one that deserves an oscar for jk simmons being the ricardos cody smith mcphee power of the dog probably more deserved than jesse plemons because he got a bigger role in this Actress in a leading role. Nominees Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter. Incredible. Penelope Cruz, Parallel Mothers. Still haven't seen it. Nicole Kidman, Being the Ricardos. Kristen Stewart, Spencer. Haven't seen it. Actress in a supporting role. Jesse Butler, Blucky, The Lost Daughter. Again, I think this probably deserved. Ariana DeBose, West Side Story. Judy Dench, Belfast. Kirsten Dunst, The Power of the Dog. Anjanu Ellis, King Richard. I've probably butchered some of these pronunciations. I apologise. Feature film, Animated. Encanto, Flea, Luca, Mitchell's Machines, Ryan the Last Dragon. I've seen two of those. Cinematography, Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy Macbeth, West Side Story. Costume design, Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story. Directing, Belfast, Drive My Car, Licorice Pizza, Power of the Dog, West Side Story. I should probably point out the directors. Kenneth Branagh, Ryusuke Hamaguchi, apologies for that pronunciation. Paul Thomas Anderson, Jane Campion, Steven Spielberg. A lot of people were pissed off that boss's face. Denny Villeneuve wasn't nominated for this, despite the fact that Dune got most nominations out of like any film. Documentary feature, Ascension, uh, Attica, Flea, Summer of Soul, Writing with Fire. Documentary, short subject, Altable, Leave Me Home. The Queen of Basketball, three songs for Benazir, When We Were Bullies. Film editing, Don't Look Up, probably didn't deserve that. Dune, jo- uh, King Richard, The Power of the Dog, and Tactic, Boom. <laughs> International feature film, Drive My Gar, I really want to see that. Flea, The Hand of God, uh, Lunana, A Yak in the Classroom. That sounds interesting, don't even know what that is. The Worst Person in the World. Uh, makeup and hairstyling coming to America. Interestingly, that got an Oscar nomination. Cruella, probably deserved. June, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, House of Gucci. Hey, I'm a Jared Leto. Uh, music, original score. We've got Don't Look Up, Nicholas Bratel. I was just talking about him earlier. Dune, Hans Zimmer, Encanto, Jermaine Franco, Parallel Mothers, Alberto Iglesias, and The Power of the Dog. Johnny Greenwood. He's good. He's Greenwood. 
Music, original song, Be Alive from King Richard. Dos Oraguitas from Encanto, haven't seen it. Down to Joy from Belfast. No Time to Die from No Time to Die and Somehow You Do from Four Good Days. Best Picture. <laughs> Nominees, Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story. Production Design, Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, Tragedy, Macbeth, West Side Story, Short Film, Animated Affairs of the Art, Best Year, Box Ballet, Robin Robin, The Windshield Wiper, Short Film, Live Action, Ala Cashew, The Dress, Long Goodbye, On My Mind, Please Help. Sound, we've got Belfast, Doom, No Time to Die, Power of the Dog, West Side Story, Visual Effects, Doom, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, No Way Home, the only one it was nominated for, despite the fact that a lot of people were pissed off about that. Writing elected screenplay was Coda, Drive My Car, Doom, The Lost Daughter, The Power of the Dog, and writing original screenplay was Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, certainly, certainly some awards are going to get given this year, huh? <laughs> uh. How many do you think Dune will win? Uh, at least one. At least one. I'm yeah. sure it probably will. I'm. I thought No Time to Die got a bit snubbed here. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I'm gonna have to listen back to what you just said at half speed. <laughs> um, but yeah, it didn't. The, I didn't hear its name come up as many times as I was expecting. It didn't get the best pitch nom, did it? Oh, twice it came up. It came up for this, uh, Billy Eilish's song, and it came up for visual effects. Yeah. Oh, actually, it might not win either of those. I reckon. I reckon Billy's probably got it with the song. I haven't yeah. seen Canto. Uh, what else was on there? Uh, original song, "Be Alive," King Richard, uh, "Down to Joy," and Belfast, and somehow you do from Four Good Day. Yeah, I think. I think it might get that. Visual effects, though, it's up against you know Spider Man and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I guess that includes. I should probably know this, but I'm not sure whether that includes like everything from CGI to practical because um, it certainly had like it probably had the edge on a lot of those for practical I think yeah that's Dune, true I think Dune will probably win that though yeah it's because they they've got a lot to work with when you're working with sort of realistic elements in your film I know Dune's got a lot of actually what am I talking about Dune's got loads of unrealistic elements giant sandworms and stuff if we're going to compare like the, the dragons from Shang-Chi versus the the sandworms from Dune, I'd say Dune's probably got the edge on that, just because yeah, of yeah. how they film it. So, again, why did why did Denis not get a directing nod for this, at least? Just a nomination. Maybe they hit their quota. <laughs> yeah, well, may- maybe the expectation will be that he'll get one for part two. Yeah, possibly. But yeah, that's the Oscars. Let's move on. So, this week in gaming... The New Horizon game uh, was released, and it's got pretty good reviews. It it looked pretty good in all of its marketing, so I'm not surprised. Sony have done some pretty pretty interesting bits of publicity for the game. Uh, they've unveiled a statue of the main character, Aloy, in Florence, Italy, where it will apparently stay for a few weeks before it gets moved somewhere else. Okay. Very, very targeted marketing, that because... <laughs> It's not like a billboard where you can put it everywhere. It's a statue, but anyway. Uh, the publicity has also included a lot of planting trees in different regions. So this is pretty good. They've, they're have they teaming up with different uh, different charities in different regions. In the UK, it's the Eden Project. And in different regions, it's amounting to different amounts of tree, trees being planted. But it seems to be linked to certain achievements in the game in some cases. So that, depending on how difficult 
reached the Daunt trophy is to achieve in the game. Maybe they don't have to plant any trees. Maybe it's just an impossible achievement. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Wait, sorry, what? <laughs> so, alright, so let's, uh, this is all reported by gamesindustry.biz, but... So in the US, Sony has teamed up with the Arbor Day Foundation and will plant a tree for every player who achieves the Reached the Daunt trophy, up to a maximum of 288,000 trees. No, hold on. 288,000 trees. <laughs> uh, in the UK, it's partnered with the Eden Project uh, to do a 12-acre wildflower habitat in Lancashire. Well, so bad luck to countries that are like third world countries or countries that can't get the latest consoles that can play it. <laughs> yeah, if you can't get this achievement in the video game, you're actually responsible for the climate crisis. Yeah, they actually pump carbon. <laughs> they actually pump carbon into those countries. <laughs> for every player that gets the achievement, we plant a tree. For every player that buys a game but doesn't get the achievement, we actually chop down a tree. <laughs> 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 anyway, so it's uh, so obviously meant to be related to net zero and climate commitments, but it's not the weirdest advertising campaign. The weirdest still has to be. Do you remember the uh, Donkey Kong Country Returns, where certain promotions meant that you could get the game by just handing a banana over? <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo then did go and donate those bananas to, like, monkey habitats and stuff like that, but it was just a very strange promotion. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was, a, uh, that was an absolutely legitimate advertising campaign, that you, sure. could, you could pay a bunch of bananas to get the Donkey Kong game. They have to, like, hand in the banana when it is just, like, the greenest possible unripeness. There is, there is a whole lot of logistical things that I'm sure definitely went wrong. There's also <laughs> the fact that bananas do like release like a fair amount of stuff in that does make the f- fruit around it ripen faster so surely a big pile of bananas would go off like <laughs> anyway we're not talking about not talking about dk but we are talking about nintendo because there was a nintendo direct uh since our last episode did you see it did you see any of the announcements i saw that there was one it's pretty good it's a good start it's the next best thing it is so, some of the biggest stuff from it is uh, everyone asking for Mario Kart 9 is going to be disappointed because they announced DLC for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Oh. So, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is a game that came with all the DLC for Mario Kart 8, and now they're doing DLC on top of it. However, this is going to be, by the end of 2023, 48 new tracks, which is going to double the amount the game currently has. If you want to just buy it outright, it's something like 22 quid, $25 for like 48 tracks. I don't think that's too bad. You're looking at like 50 cents, 50p a pack, you know, a, a hit. However, if you have their online expansion thing, you know, that brings the N64 games and stuff, hmm. you get it for free Ooh. as part of that. So since I already had that, because we've talked about it, on a family account, it's not too expensive. And I did want to play through Banjo-Kazooie again, even though I can do it on my computer literally right here. <laughs> that means, you know, 48 new Mario Kart tracks all for free. So I didn't think that's too shabby, really. And I didn't think they were going to make Mario Kart 9 anyway, because <laughs> Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is still routinely in the top 10 games sold. Like now, four years later, five years later almost. So, 
Other things. Uh, did you ever play Mario Strikers? No, but I'm guessing that's the football one. Yeah, and they're making another one. It looks pretty cool. Anyway, next up. <laughs> uh, did you ever play Wii Sports? Yes, I did. <laughs> like ev- like everyone on Earth, I too have played Wii Sports. <laughs> they're making another one. I saw, actually. Uh, but it's not called Wii Sports, is it? Because the Wii was discontinued. Yeah, but well, because it's not going to be released on the Wii, so that'd be confusing. So it's got the even slicker title of Nintendo Switch Sports. Yeah, that's a shame. Actually, I was hoping hoping to play it on my Wii. Yeah, well, just so you know, don't try and stick that little Switch card into the disc slot on the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> just disappear into the void. Uh, so I don't know. Like, it looks it's pretty pretty natural choice. Last time we talked about how the Switch has now sold more copies than the Wii. So releasing a sports game like that just seems pretty pretty natural. Is there a strap for the Switch? Otherwise you're doing Wii bowling, but then you're like throwing your Switch down a bowling alley or whatever. Okay, I know you only owned your... Is this how you broke your Switch? Were you just throwing it around? Yes. Yeah, no, you can... On the individual Joy-Cons, there is like a thing that will add a wrist strap to it. Yeah, do you remember? That was like such a huge thing like when Wii Sports first came out. People literally just smashing TVs and all sorts, weren't they, with with their... Just, controller and you remember they that's they also had those like big like soft gel like cases that all the, yeah. the controllers came in after that it'll, it'll protect the case but it'll just it'll just heft add heft to break the tv even worse to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> my god that's how people managed to throw them with such force like. <laughs> so that's that was one something that they announced um kirby and the forgotten land comes out of and if not very long now, but it showed off Kirby's new mouthful mode, which will let Kirby become a car or a vending machine. Basically, uh, it looks like some kind of body horror. Kirby <laughs> literally inhales an entire car and then can drive around as a car that looks like it's just wearing a Kirby skin. <laughs> it's like Mario Odyssey, like the but bus, a bit more horrifying. Like the bus from My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, imagine if the bus from My Neighbor Totoro was a cat trying to eat a bus. <laughs> then you've got it. <laughs> Not just a cat bus. Uh, but still, the game looks good. It looks it looks very Mario Odyssey-ish, so, and I really liked Mario Odyssey, so I'll probably get it. Uh, Metroid Dread has an update now, which is a one-hit kill mode, <laughs> if you're really, really looking for a challenge. Called Dread Mode, believe it or not. It's good marketing. You'll dread playing it. That's the motto. In t- uh, other things that are getting, po- you know, the Switch is a bit of a port machine, it's a bit of a meme, but stuff that's c- now getting ported to the Switch includes the first two Portal games in a collection. Um, no Man's Sky is coming to Switch now. I saw that, yeah. Uh, and did you see that Star Wars The Force Unleashed is coming to Switch? I did. But I... it's the Wii version. Is it? Which is like, uh, we've got a video coming out pretty soon soonish about the force unleashed wii version but yeah that really took all the enthusiasm i had away because like you've got the power to run the more graphically enhanced ones even if you just put the motion controls in i don't know i, <laughs> I was, didn't i, I didn't see the, the trailer but did they make some kind of new cinematic or something i don't think a lot of these are uh, star wars ports to switch they just kind of show a sizzle reel of the gameplay no I think there was there was some kind of cinematic um, oh, I'm going to have to look it up 
I'm a, I think I'm all about the right thing here. Boss unleashed. Am I going mad? Well, we're all going mad slowly. <laughs> I swear they made some kind of new like cinematic or something. I don't Google. think so, but I very quickly put the whole thing out of my mind because as soon as I realised it was the Wii version, I was like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm thinking of... Maybe they made some sort of cinematic for KOTOR. They might have done. They did. They made a cinematic trailer. But wasn't that for the KOTOR remake, though? Not the KOTOR port. Oh, maybe it is. Why haven't I watched it? I just, I don't know. I just couldn't really be bothered. I think we're getting a little bit off track here. <laughs> is this on your news, though? Was it released this week? Yeah. Oh. No, it probably should be. I didn't notice. I only I only knew that they'd done a KOTOR, the original KOTOR teaser. Well, I'm going to send this to you. I don't know whether this is for the new one. I'm going to send it to you, our resident games expert, and you can tell me whether this is... That looks like it's for the old one, right? Okay, so I did see this. It's not for KOTOR. Forget it. That's the thing. It's not for KOTOR. <laughs> it, this is for the MMO. What does that mean? So the... Star Wars The Old Republic is an MMO that's been going on this this massively multiplayer online game. That's the one. That has been going the entire time. Oh! So I just didn't cover this because it just was like, okay, there's a bit more, there's some more content coming to a massively multiplayer online game. I didn't really think that was massive news. Well, I'm saying it is, everyone. I'm, add, I'm, I'm adding this in to gaming news. If you play The Old Republic, it's getting some new stuff soon. <laughs> anyway, back to uh, back to the Nintendo Direct. Um, there was a trailer for Cuphead's DLC, but I think we, it's a lot of stuff that we've seen. Um, Assassin's Creed, the Ezio Collection, is coming to Switch this week. Was that not already on it? Uh, supposedly not. It's oh. coming this week. Did you watch any of Cuphead, by the way? The Netflix one? I haven't seen any of the episodes yet. I've heard it's just a nice little chilled out show. Yeah, it looks good. I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but the, the little clip that comes up on Netflix when you hover over it looks good. Yeah. And aside from that, yeah, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp has a new release date of April the 8th, so I'll be getting that. Because I'm excited for that. Um, in other Nintendo news, because they weren't happy with just having a Nintendo Direct come out, <laughs> did you see the potential leak that there might be a Batman Arkham collection coming to Switch. No, but that's cool. It's going to be the Rocksteady trilogy, apparently, so not Origins. Wow. Sorry, that <laughs> even Knight... That sounded real sarcastic. Sorry, even Knight came out at the launch of the PS4, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, again, <laughs> it's games you could be playing for years on other systems, <laughs> but they're now coming to Switch. I thought that was borderline, like already on iPhone kind of like <laughs> <laughs> you probably could you probably you were probably reaching the point where you could get Arkham Asylum to run on phone <laughs> it was a PS3 game at the end of the <laughs> but yeah good on good on the Switch for getting that even more ports for the Switch to be fair if you only can have one system having and you don't have a good PC yeah it's making it so you know it's kind of broadening that kind of appeal isn't it um retro studios do you know why they caused a lot of buzz this week because they made something retro uh they changed their twitter header image to something from metroid and they're currently developing metroid prime 4 which was originally revealed 
about three years ago now, <laughs> and there's been no news on it. Ah. So they've just changed their Twitter header, and everyone is going, <gasps> because that is literally every <laughs> all we know about Metroid Prime 4. So I was right, they did make something retro. Yeah, by the time, yeah, that's Probably. pretty true. <laughs> yeah, no, no serious news about Metroid Prime 4 still that I've seen. This story made a lot of waves. We're still kind of going through these Nintendo stuff. This story made a lot of waves. Nintendo is to end their eShop purchases on Wii U and 3DS next March. So not next month, a year from now. And a lot of people were complaining that they're shutting down their online stores. I don't think I've been onto the 3DS or Wii U eShop in a few years. <laughs> I don't think it's anything major. It's just, you know, no one's using it anymore. Yeah. So they're just going to shut it down. And you've still got over a year, so, you know, just... Buy, yeah. buy what you want. So there's a lot of people yeah. saying like, oh, you can't get the, you won't be able to get DLCs for games and stuff like that any longer. But one, again, you do have a year to do it, and two, it does highlight just a bigger problem about legacy support for old systems and games and preservation of games. Also, by um, that time next year, that will be 13 years old for 3DS. Yeah. Well, there's that. There, like, there's some people that are turning it into this bigger debate about games preservation and stuff, which is very relevant. But in terms of this, it is purely a business move. Mm. Probably no one is using the Wii U and 3DS eShops. It's probably costing them more to run than it is they're getting out of it. I think so 13, shut them down. 13 years is a very long time. It's also, yeah, that's a long time to support the 3DS one. Obviously, it's going to be a bit less for the Wii U because that was 2014. But that's still going to be nine years. Here we go. There's this... Uh... So here we go. Yeah, the the so Apple occasionally make they they start classing their old products as vintage after a certain amount of time, and the iPhone six has now been added to the vintage products list, and that was what twenty fourteen or something. So so like like by comparison, I think Nintendo are pretty generous with what they yeah still. Was well, I can't remember whether we covered this on the podcast, but there was Sony wanted to shut down their PlayStation stores. I think for PS three or PS four or something. And basically fan pressure got them to hold off. So there's some fans wanting to try and do that again, but Nintendo are notorious for just ignoring their fans. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's I think in, it's a bit of a bit of a nothing sandwich that everyone's kind of blown out of proportion. It's something you'd expect. Uh and finally, uh do you remember the Gary Bowser? <laughs> I mean I remember the name, but I don't remember the context. Um, the uh, the guy that was yes. uh, taken to court over yes, I do. piracy and yes. switch hacking. Yeah. He's been just sentenced to over three years in prison over it. Wow. Uh, and his group has been fined an awful lot of money, for obviously. But to be fair, supposedly even within like the hacking and modding communities, they were seen as like going too far. So it's all a, all a big thing. I don't know the whole details, but yeah. It's, have... it's been probably mostly a prominent story just because of this dude's name. <laughs> you can imagine the, the, the jail talk, can't you? Just like, so how do you get in? Well. <laughs> 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 now, Bowser, these are your cellmates. You got Mr. Mario and Mr. Luigi. <laughs> anyway, uh, next up, Ubisoft. So now you may be thinking with all these acquisitions going on, like our last two episodes have had major acquisitions you may be thinking to yourself well is anyone going to buy ubisoft well they don't think so and they're <laughs> quite happy about that they want to they're looking to stay independent they think they've got a good market position right now they don't need no publisher to come and buy them up 
That that was the whole story. Uh, Ubisoft are also reportedly planning a stealth-focused Assassin's Creed game before Assassin's Creed Infinity comes out. So a more smaller, kind of compact Assassin's Creed spin-off experience. When was Assassin's Creed Infinity announced? Uh, last year, someone. I completely missed that. What's that about? Uh, it's one of these... They're, they're trying to get it more and more to be like a live service thing. Oh. I believe Assassin's Creed Infinity is meant to be one that just kind of keeps going. So I'm not that thrilled because I like to finish games and then be able to put them away. <laughs> oh, this could be fun because I I play a lot of like Rocket League and stuff like that. So that if it's just kind of like a jump in, jump out, it will depend what the the core gameplay loop is, won't it? In the end of the day, yeah. Because the problem with Ubisoft sandboxes, so I've heard, I don't play many of them, is that they just have a lot of busy work just to fill out the map. And like you have, you haven't really messed with many of the recent Assassin's Creed games you've tried, have you? You've not really dug them that much. Uh, I haven't. Si- I, the last one I think I did was Origins, and like that was even quite a long gap for me as well because I didn't have many of the PS4 ones. Um, yeah. So then I, I think I skipped Syndicate and the French Revolution one, and then Origins was maybe the one after that. Yeah. Um, so it was a while till I, I left it a long time and then went back to Origins and then I was like, oh yeah, this is why I remember skipping them because it's just like, go travel thirty four thousand miles to the other end of this country and ask this person for a upgrade to your blade or something. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, so that's my worry about this whole Assassin's Creed Infinity. This is going to be a lot of that. <laughs> well, but do you say is it online? Did you say? No, well, I think it's going to be a live service in quotes, right. which again is something like Rocket League. Okay. So it will just ha- it will just be something the way they keep up updating it and updating, like like they intended for the Avengers game. Ah, uh, okay. Except right. nobody bought it. <laughs> gotcha. So anyway, there was there was more Ubisoft stories this week, but it's all it's like NFT related, and I've I've just I'm just I was saying this to Nate before we started recording. I'm just not covering those stories anymore. You know what we think. We're just going to be repeating ourselves. We're NFT'd out. Yeah, um, but it was pretty pretty strange. Ubisoft gave their employees an NFT as a bonus. Do you know uh, cars have NFTs now? Yeah, but it, it, you still own the car, though. Yeah, I know that this this is something I was kind of interested in because I'm I'm a big car nut, and this this is Alfa Romeo as well, which is one of my favourite brands. And that they their new car, the Tonali, instead of uh, you know full service histories on in paper, they can just basically be stamped with. So your mate could stamp it and say that they're technically like a service, a proof service dealer or something. Yeah. This, this is like an NFT that like holds all that information in this like encrypted sort of key. It's not like, it's not like you get a 3D model of your car. It's not like an NFT in that sense. It's like using that blockchain technology or whatever to just like hold the information from owner to owner, which I think is actually quite cool. Okay. So there's a few things here that I feel it's very important that we debunk. The first is you don't need an NFT to do any of the things you just said. Just well, no. flat out, you don't need to use the blockchain for that. You just need slightly better regulation, slightly better authentications. And that putting on the blockchain does not mean it's authentic either. <laughs> At all. The whole idea of this being one version of the truth is public ledger isn't even true of the blockchain now because there are different people who argue different versions of the blockchain and it can becomes this whole disputes process that they have no way of dealing with. 
Third, <laughs> if it is falsely altered and it starts going up the ledger, getting stuff off the blockchain is incredibly difficult. Phil's a real advocate for NFTs here, everyone. I try and tell him not to keep advertising it for free on this. Yeah, no. This if you, if, <laughs> I mentioned this video a few weeks ago, but if you haven't seen, the, it's over two hours, but if you haven't seen The Problem of NFTs by Folding Ideas, <laughs> it is really good and really exp- has a real explanation to it. Please don't get any NFTs next. <laughs> like, it's just not needed. They are a scam. <laughs> Phil, was, Phil was passionate about everyone going to get NFTs. Yeah. Anyway, and next up in the news, we're announcing our new Synopt NFT slime. <laughs> By a, each episode, you get is a, it minted as an NFT? You get a little digital Phil and a little digital Nick. But the truth is, you don't own shit. <laughs> You own a hyperlink, which we could just redirect to anything. <laughs> and we will. So we, we can then mint those episodes again and sell them again. <laughs> but before we do that, we're going to just sell them between each other to really inflate their value. <laughs> and then we're going to sell them for a billion Ethereum. <laughs> Are you happy now, Nick? <laughs> I wanted to just move past this story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Headlines. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, you were talking about Lord of the Rings earlier in your news uh, it seems the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit gaming rights are coming up for sale and the films right I think I read about didn't we discuss this about the films last week as well yeah so I know that there's some big thing about hold on let me open up the uh, the article because I know they're saying about how technically Warner holds certain rights because of the original films because Warner bought New Line Cinema but then Amazon has some rights it's all a bit it seems like it's a bit of a big mess of rights um but no supposedly um Sol Zainsko who supposedly hold some uh, of Tolkien's rights since 1976 are about to sell them hmm. and that includes rights to merchandising movies and live events such as theme parks in addition to games as well oh. so this sounds like it's connected to what you were talking about last time and yeah so we could end up obviously Warner would be a natural people to try and go for it because they've been releasing the most recent Lord of the Rings games like you know the Shadow of series mm. but yeah we'll have to see how that how that plays out Fallout 76 still exists <laughs> and it's getting stuff this year anyway next story Microsoft uh, are going to retire Xbox Live services on Windows phones I had already Stopped realising that Xbox Live services and Windows phones were a thing. <laughs> Windows phones. Wow. Yeah, those don't... I'm not being silly, am I? Those, they don't really... They, they were around for a very short period and then they just kind of disappeared. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they look like... Um, they have the interface of like... Do you remember the side bit of... Windows 8. Was it 8? Or... Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the side bit of Windows 8, those tiles. That was what yeah. the whole sort of interface was. Um, yeah, no, they they stopped happening a while ago. 
Yeah, so that's yeah, probably probably overdue that. Um CD Project Red is getting ready to release Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. You may not have heard of it. It's a Cyberpunk themed RPG game following up their hit success The Witcher Three. Which was released already last year, but was just released broken. And they're getting ready to re-release it on certain platforms where they just had to delist it because it was so broken. I was like, hang on, what? This happened? I was just watching your confused face through Skype. <laughs> I've travelled back in time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Activision has confirmed the next Call of Duty game will be a sequel to 2019's Modern Warfare. So, Modern Warfare, which 2019 Modern Warfare was already called the exact same thing as a previous Call of Duty game that was called Modern Warfare. So now we're going to get our second, I imagine, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. So it's nice to know that series is still out there innovating. (laughs) This will be like a massive multiplayer offline game where you can travel the borders of Russia and Ukraine and it'll feel very, very realistic and immersive and almost like a VR experience. I mean I wouldn't put it past certain certain nations militaries that already have very uh suspicious methods of recruiting people <laughs> to release an entire game where you're at the end there's like a big text box and no one's going to read it and they're just going to hit yes and then you're enrolled. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's going to be obviously the next annual annual Call of Duty though. I'm guessing it will be out in October, November time, as they always are. And now, weird product of the week. Not very many, much gaming news this week, like I, like I said. Um, but have you seen the Simpsons Steamed Hams fan game? <laughs> no. All right, let me, I uh, love the sound of this. All right, let me send you the video. I like the fact that someone obviously got to work on this just at the peak of that meme, and it's just taken this long. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not sure. It's very... Very straightforward. It's like a text-based. Uh, well, it's like a. Um, it's got graphics, obviously, but it's more of a point-and-click adventure game. Oh, incredible! So I've, just put it, I've just put it in the chat. Oh, this is amazing. So clearly, a lot of work has gone into it. You can download it now. You can get it like straight straight off the bat. It's it's a actual fan game, and you can download it straight up. This is incredible. Yeah. So uh, what I'll do is I'll put the put the link to this video in the show notes as well for the people that are interested. <laughs> what do you think? What's your expert analysis on this, this game? This is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Delightfully devilish, Seymour. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's got, there's obviously some graphic work in that. Very retro 8 bit kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, what platforms is on? Ah, uh, what's that? Web- oh, it's web playable. You can download it for Windows or it's web playable. It's only 12 megabytes. <laughs> you, can, you can have Aurora Borealis at this time of year in this part of the country localised entirely within your browser. It's, I'm, I'm playing it right now. It's that easy. I think we're going to go to the jingle because Nick is going to be gone now until he finishes this game. <laughs> Gee, Nick, I didn't watch the Super Bowl this year, but I heard there's some good trailers. What were they? You seem to know. 
<laughs> that was very natural. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Um, I well, I don't know if I do know because there was a lot of trailers this week, Phil, and I just randomly put them in here. I put Jurassic World in the previous discussion thing in our news section because that came out on the tenth, but apparently now it's a Super Bowl trailer. When was the Super Bowl? I want to say the thirteenth. Yeah, because it's oh, it's usually on a Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, because it's Sunday night football, or whatever. Yeah. But so sorry, Jurassic World, you you lose out on this discussion. You lose out on this free marketing because you jump the gun. You just have to refer to our earlier free marketing in the earlier section. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, we, we we didn't we didn't watch the game, did we? But we did watch the trailers on YouTube after, like a lot of other people. Yep. Uh, let's start with the most interesting. Let's start with Nope. Um, because we always like to end on the lows, don't we? Um, yeah. No, let's talk about Nope. Uh, this looks really good. This is the new film from Jordan Peele. Uh, and it looks really good. Shot by Hoyt Van Hoytemer, who you might know from all of Christopher Nolan's recent films. Um, and some of Denis Villeneuve's films, I think. I'll have to check that. I stood uh, Tenet, Dunkirk, he did Spectre, Interstellar. Ad Astra. Okay, maybe he doesn't hasn't any uh, Denis Villeneuve films, but either way, he's a really good uh, cinematographer, and this looks really good too. It looks alieny, looks a bit horror-y. So, is it similar similar vibes to uh, his previous films? Yeah, sort of thing. Like there's like a sort of classic few movie tropes but then it's got that kind of modern twist to it and there's like a bit of black comedy to it as well like yeah there's a few jokes and stuff like i think yeah it'll be really good and it brings back daniel kaluuya who uh, was obviously in get out um who else we've got steven yun who's amazing in things yeah i'm really excited for this because all his films so far have been good not everyone loved us but i thought it was still really good and really imaginative and there's some yeah, really cool scenes i thought it's yeah, I thought it was a cool film. Yeah, so this is really exciting. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, right, what's next? The World Needs Heroes, DC. Did you see this? I did. What did you think of this random mishmash of different separated universe films? <laughs> I thought, gee, it's weird that they don't seem to have a, enough footage to put together a trailer for G- at least one of these movies <laughs> yeah. by itself. Yeah. Because there's a little bit from The Flash, there's a little bit from what? Aquaman... Aquaman, Black Adam. Black Adam. Is this our first actual look at Black Adam? Uh, yeah, longer than I think there was a tiny, like tiny, weeny bit at um, DC fandom. Yeah, and so DC's kind of uh, strange approach to connected filmmaking continues. Yeah, with never being sure at any given moment <laughs> if something is in continuity or not. <laughs> but yeah. Like it looks, it looks, it looks fine. It's very bizarre. When does the Flash come out? Uh, is that the end of this year? Yeah, this is all this year. I'm pretty sure. So we got the Batman, yeah. Black Adam, the Flash, and Aquaman, and the Lost Kingdom. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Like Black, like the, the latter three, other than the Batman, I'm pretty sure the latter three are all technically still in the same universe. But I mean, it could be argued either way. It's really strange. But yeah, Black Adam. It's the Rock again, isn't it? Yeah. Like like everything, it's the rock. <laughs> the, the secret rock hatred you've been hiding for, <laughs> it's, for six and a half years. It's not even hatred, and it has developed quite recently, just because he's in everything. He's in every film. 
<laughs> is he in as much as Chris Pratt? Yes. He's in. He's probably in Oppenheimer. That's probably the last bit of casting they're, they're going to announce. <laughs> they're going to announce a buddy cop comedy <laughs> of The Rock and Chris Pratt. <laughs> um, but yeah, all these films are certainly happening. Very little to go on on most of these. But I'm looking forward to The Batman because that's coming up real soon. Yep. And I might watch the others. Who knows? I don't know yet. It will depend on what I'm doing that week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Moon Knight is coming at the end of March as well, uh, mm. which is exciting. There was a new TV spot, a big game TV spot, and it shows a bit more of Moon Knight, and he's doing his thing, and yeah. Excited for this? Yep. It'll be, well, it'll be nice to have, like, I guess, see what they do with an origin story not like completely disconnected from everything that's just one character after you know I mean granted the the cynical bit of my brain is screaming <laughs> he'll fight someone who's like him but <laughs> evil yeah. but it'll be over six hours not two but all the Disney Plus stuff so far has been established properties so it'll be interesting to see how this performs by comparison yeah uh, I was gonna say, yeah is this is this technically the first yeah this is technically the first like Disney Plus origin, right? Yeah. Well, not connected to someone established, because yeah. all the other ones have kind of been, in quotes, passing the torch stories. Mm. Because they've it, they've had the old, you know, they've been either Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is all about the mantle of Captain America, or the Hawkeye series, where they've introduced Kate Bishop, but only yeah. with Jeremy Renner also there. Yeah, yeah. So this will be the first one where it's not like the old guard handing it over to the new guard. Yeah, kind of could be could be something completely fresh. And yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely in need of that because yeah, I think the last few Disney Plus stuff has been a little bit littered with uh, oh, who's going to cameo in this? But I feel Moon Knight's got a very good chance of being uh, its own thing. So I mean, this is so. the opposite. I hope for no cameos. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's what I mean. I don't want anything. That's exact. That's what I mean. I I yeah. I'm absolutely hoping this is completely separate to. To anything we've had before, it'll get to episode five, and it'll be an episode of The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Luke Skywalker pops up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, should be really good. I really like the cast. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the other Marvel thing we got because we got a new look at Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, yeah. Another new logo. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Third logo for this film. <laughs> It's because there's multiverses. That's true. Maybe That's it's... the film logos in different multiverses. Maybe you're right, except I'm pretty sure they did this for Thor Ragnarok as well, and that had nothing to do with multiverses. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this looks okay and interesting. Pretty much confirms what the rumours were saying, is that Wanda's going to be the, the big villain. Mm, maybe. I don't know. I think that's kind of a red herring. but um, Well, potentially, obviously. Her dialogue seems to suggest it, mm. which is like... When you do this stuff, everyone loves you. No one, everyone hates me when I do mm. it. But then she well, kind of—that's not the exact quote. I don't know. Yes, that is the exact quote. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that will be exactly the way it goes because obviously we just kind of had villain wonder. Like Westview was kind of a total fuck up on her part. So I kind of—I don't know. I don't mind her being this sort of anti-hero, but like I don't want her to just be like a very sort of just bland villain in this film. I'm, I'm interested to see what, what, what happens. There's obviously a parallel as well, isn't there, between 
like Doctor Strange in What If when he sort of goes to lengths to protect the one he loves kind of thing and then uh, you've got this um, and then you've got Wanda who's sort of kind of doing a similar thing in WandaVision so uh, they've got definitely these parallels going on so I'm interested to see what um, what becomes and while we're talking about um, What If uh, you've got, got Evil Strange who shows up in the trailers as well yes so not content with just being the hero but evil that we've now literally got the hero but evil <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, but you know what? Um, I think there's still a lot to this film that we haven't seen. Um, it's directed by Sam Raimi, uh, who's, who's, I think, was brilliant in that those original Spider-Man movies. And there's some really interesting sort of camera movements they're going for. Maybe like, yeah. I mean, this is obviously a film which takes place across multiple universes and stuff. And but there's a lot of CGI in this trailer. Yeah, and like, and we haven't e- we we haven't even got to some of the the, the biggest speculation. Bits, really I okay going back to Moon Knight this is what I mean I don't really care anymore <laughs> what about speculating I know just about like who is now in the MCU like I don't know it's just it definitely feels like if done wrong it can be more of a crutch for the story than an actual boon yeah because if you're if everyone's too distracted by oh I recognize that person where do I know him from and they're not listening to the dialogue or anything like that, then it can end up being a very uh well the story can take hits. Yeah. In in favour of Oh, look it's that guy. Yes, exactly. It's Patrick and, Stewart. And that yeah, it's probably Patrick Stewart, yeah. Uh, sure. Cool. Like I honestly I love those X Men films, but you know what? He had a really good wrap up in Logan. Yeah. And and also like the Spidey thing, I think, gets a, got away with it so well because it was still Tom Holland's story, and secondly, there's there, I think there was a lot of like prefix to 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 allowing those to merge as well, and I know that's kind of continuing with this, but like there's been loads of Spider Verse comics and stuff in the past. Spider like No Way Home kind of felt like this big culmination of, of all this multiversal stuff, and yeah. and I don't know it kind of it would it kind of detracts from that if now they're just going to do that every time and it's like. You thought there was only one Professor X, but now look, it's all of them, and they're they're in the MCU now and stuff. And I'm just like, oh. again, it, it's going from being an interesting story mechanic to being another film, as you talked about earlier with the Rescue Rangers, Chippendale, Space Jam Two. It becomes Marvel being like, look, we got all our rights back. <laughs> yeah, all of these film properties now belong to us again. Yeah. Isn't that fun? Yeah, I don't know. But you know what? It's fine. <laughs> it will, yeah. I mean, we'll probably see the movie. I just we'll yeah. Anyway. I just don't want it to be count the cameos. Like, I, if it, if yeah. they stop at Patrick Stewart, great. Like, but I I don't necessarily care for just like having having loads more. Yeah, um, for the sake of it. Yeah, for the sake of it. But anyway, that's happening, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Nothing. Nothing stopping it now. Yeah, there's nothing stopping it now. It's coming out. Right, last one. Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. What did you think about this one? Well, I thought about this one. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah, thought it was fine. Like, <laughs> honestly, I was like, that's cool. brilliant because like everyone's getting so so impassioned about yeah. it. I'm like, cool, I guess. I know. I was kind of the same. I was just like, yeah, cool, nice. But like, if anything, I think they'd rather like the impassioned. Division, wouldn't they? Because this is just like 
the most money ever anyone will ever spend on a TV show, and like, oh yeah, it goes back to the old tenet of uh, all publicity is good publicity. Yeah, and the fact that a lot of these things are just meant to generate the hype and generate the clicks and generate the content, generate all this. So that everyone gets it and watches it when it comes out. Have you seen like every YouTube comment on this? Not every YouTube comment. Yeah, but every, every YouTube comment is exactly the same. People keep posting a quote from Tolkien, uh, it, and it, they are literally spamming it. So, oh, it's become a new what copy pasta? Yeah, it's evil cannot create anything new; they can only corrupt. J.R.R. Tolkien, um, and and everyone's posting like that in either English or elvish or any other language basically like people are just like yeah they're absolutely just like but then but then you say that um something i saw being shared this week was screenshots from message boards in 2001 about the original lord of the rings trailers exactly the same kind of backlash to peter jackson that is funny isn't it saying oh they did this instead of this that's not how the books go they're tarnishing Tolkien's legacy and I was like man I really miss the days when this was just a fringe group on a forum yeah <laughs> <laughs> that I can ignore I, I know I know exactly what you mean because uh it's um yeah it's like when you when occasionally I look up old stories and stuff on the internet like I was like I wonder what because I think it was when Affleck was announced as Batman I went back and viewed like the the Heath Ledger announcement comments and stuff like that and it's exactly the same sort of thing just like what the fuck why have they got Heath Ledger and then yeah, same with Christian Bale, and then I don't know. Sometimes, like when I watch old Doctor Who episodes, I I, I I I read reviews of what people thought of it at the time, and then I scroll down to the comments section, and the it, you, it's almost just exactly the same as what you find with with the, with the Jodie Whittaker stuff as well. And basically, the internet as discourse has just never changed, and what people hated back then is now what the glory days are now kind of thing so. the, the problem is there is now one or two examples where probably by no no ability of the nerds doing the pressuring it has worked out so now they're always going to point to that as being a reason why all of this harassing of the creators and all that and complaining and whatever <laughs> is warranted because one of the things that we didn't pick up in the the, the film news because it kind of falls between us so sometimes we both get it sometimes neither of us get it was obviously they've announced Sonic the Hedgehog 3 and Knuckles the Echidna is getting his own Paramount Plus series. <laughs> and that always is people going back to, well, the fans did that, otherwise it raised freakish fucking human teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you couldn't get through that sentence. <laughs> I just remember that original Sonic design, I just laughed. <laughs> but it's just uh, that and the, uh, what, the fact that the, the, the Snyder Cut was better than the Joss Whedon cut. Mm. I like these two examples now of like listen to the fans kind of thing mm. that will just always be used in these situations. Yeah. Which is, but yeah, on the contrary ah, oh, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to talk about Star Wars again. Like I think the, the Rian Johnson thing really put an absolute dampener on the on the franchise after The Last Jedi because I feel like they've sort of reverted straight back to just formula. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, they're they're too, they're just too reactionary, reactionary. And to be fair, the Last Jedi in itself was a reactionary movie. Mm. To the Force Awakens, where everyone was complaining it was too much of the same. Yeah. Then the Last Jedi was too different. <laughs> uh, and then the Rise of Skywalker didn't impress anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
and then the Mandalorian was really well received. So they're like, oh, this is our this is our way in. This is our way to creating that that bigger Star Wars universe. And then the finale of the Mandalorian season two was initially really well received. So like, this is what we want. We're, we're getting some traction now. And then the Book of Boba Fett came out, and everyone's pissed off again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that a pretty accurate timeline? Yeah, I missed anything. Yeah, I think you got that. Yeah, but yeah, Lord of the Rings is coming back, isn't it? And I, I think it looks pretty good. Like, yeah, it looks like a very expensive fantasy TV show. I, yeah, again, this isn't. Um, there's some cool like sort of visualizers and, and and like choreography and stuff like in this, so that's all great. But like, I think. It, like anything like any trait like anything it just comes down to like is the story and the script going to be any good like yeah I can forgive a cheap looking show it's why I go back and watch doc, like the, the fucking 2005 Doctor Who all the time like, I can forgive crap looking shows if it's got a good script yeah well back then it was like for every one Dalek you had to CGI flying you then like gave up like <laughs> entire physical set elsewhere in the production <laughs> yeah exactly um, and I didn't care that it was all quarries in Wales and this that and the other because it just with different filters yeah, yeah like a, this one's got a red sky this one's got a green sky <laughs> yeah I, I don't care about any of that I just yeah I just wanted to be a good script and have good characters and be good Trailers mean nothing, everyone. We've spent the... <laughs> it's the Super Bowl episode where we just analyse fucking trailers to death, but at the end of the day, none of it means anything. <laughs> you say analyse to death. We were like, yeah, it looks pretty good. Next one. <laughs> That's analysing to death, Phil. That's too much for me. So this has been another episode of the Cynical Optimist podcast. If you enjoyed it, you can find us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Hollow Projectors. You can find our channel on YouTube, which is called The Hollow Projectors. Mm. You've got our Let's Play channel, called The Hollow Projectors Arcade, where we've recently completed our Let's Play of A Way Out, which is 15 parts, all pretty good length for just sitting there and just watching through as we try to escape from prison. Uh, what else have we got? We've got Beggar's Cannon, which someone... Soon. Maybe, maybe, yeah, soon. Um, hopefully before Kenobi comes out. <laughs> hopefully, at least the Kenobi episode will be out before Kenobi comes out. Otherwise, we've got to re-record it fresh. <laughs> what do you think will happen in Kenobi? Well, I just saw it, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's most of it. You can follow me on Twitter at Hollow Phil. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Uh yeah, let us know what you thought, what films you're looking forward to in 2022 on our social medias, and if you follow this podcast on a podcast app such as iTunes, Spotify, uh, any of those Google Podcasts, leave us a review, even if it's just the five stars of nothing written, because that helps us just the turn up stars. in all the algorithms. It makes us feel, it makes us feel good. Just if you're gonna rate it lower than that, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> just just leave the five stars on your way out. Leave the five stars and get out. <laughs> Doors over there, stars are there. Leave five of them. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> and I think that's just a pretty good place to brace to leave the episode. So uh, until next time, I've been Phil. I have been Nick. And we'll see you in two weeks for another new episode of the Cinecoptimist podcast. 
Till then, take care, and we'll see you then. Mwah. Bye. Mwah. Yeah, that, that I thought was going to be a rather toned down episode, but it just started gradually going off the rails <laughs> as it went wrong. <laughs> I loved it.